You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello! Yes, it is. And that blast of Ben Sound Happy Rock tells us it's another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Mark is, uh, again, not with me, uh, and I'll explain a little about that shortly. But uh, to make sure that you don't just have to listen to me rambling on, it's Suffolk Pete who is joining me this week. Hello, Pete. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm very well, Good. really. Sun Good. is shining and... Uh, oh, yeah. it's lovely. It's, it's, uh, nice. it's a lovely Suffolk um, spring day. It is. It's very nice, actually. I, I had to take a dash to the supermarket because I realised being a Sunday, by the time we finished the podcast, it would be shut. And if I didn't go, I'd have yeah. no meat. So I had to dash to the supermarket to get myself a joint of beef and uh, some vegetables. Yeah. So there we go. And, of course, a bottle of wine for later. Of course. Of the course. essential. The essential. Yeah, absolutely. No, totally, totally. But, uh, yes, so... Uh, I will just, uh, if you don't mind, Pete, I will just uh, tell everybody what's going on with Mark at the moment. Uh, last yeah, week, sure. he, he wasn't ill. He what he did actually go to Cardiff and he went, uh, he cycled the Cardiff, I think it's called the Car 10, which is a 112 mile cycle, which he completed. Uh, he was a bit disappointed because apparently it took him nine and a half hours uh, this year and last year he did it in seven. But uh, I said he shouldn't really feel too disappointed because, I mean, he's been ill. He's been ill for, I don't know, six months or something. So uh, I think just the fact that he did it is amazing. I doubt it, I could cycle 10 miles, let alone yeah. <laughs> 112. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, however, as as we, you know, you know, Pete, and uh, the listeners probably know, Mark's been having some health issues. He's had problems with his thyroid and his blood pressure. Um, and he's got this recurrent sinus and chest infection thing that's, you know, it's really getting him down, to be honest, mm. um, because he just constantly seems to be ill. And um, he had that problem with his face all swelling up, uh, which when Kelly was on, he kind of let drop that, you know, previously he'd had some kind of cancer. Uh, luckily, that wasn't anything serious it was just tied to this sinus infection troubles he's having so uh at the moment he's decided he's probably going to uh not come on the show very often he's probably going to come on as a, a guest rather than as a full-time host and uh okay, good, good luck enough. to him that's good luck to yeah. him i shall be carrying on i shall carry on and of course the show won't change and uh you know have a good rest mark you know do do what uh makes you feel good then uh, yes we all wish him the best. We really do. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm always, of course, be glad for him to come on whenever he feels like it. Yeah, uh, our thoughts are with you, Mark. Indeed. So, uh, right. Well, it's a very slow week on the on the news front, isn't it, uh, Pete? It is. Yeah. Terrible, yeah. Well, especially on the Apple. We've got a little bit of tech news, but not much. Um, but you, you've told me you've got some things you'd like to talk about, which is great because otherwise it would yeah. be a very short show. <laughs> Based on the amount of news, yeah. here, here is the news. Nothing happened. 
Well, nothing. Uh, roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> roll credits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So, um, uh, well, where do you want to start, Pete? Does it take okay. away? Well, as some of you know, the, the last time I was on, um, I just bought a, a, an I, uh, iPad Pro and I bought an Apple Pencil and I also bought a pair of the uh, AirPods. Um, I'm probably going to move the pencil on. I'm just not getting enough uh, use out of that. But it is it is a lovely um, device, and I do like the pressure-sensitive nature of it. I've I've shown it to a couple of the art teachers at work. You know, as some of you know, I work in a school, and uh, it is quite magical to see it react with the iPad Pro screen as you would expect a um, you know a, an analog device. So as you press harder, the line gets thicker and denser. And as you hold off, it gets thinner and uh, less dense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's and a, you can turn it on its side and shade with it as well, which yeah, is so a really nice trick. Really clever, isn't it? That that bit is the bit. I think that was the bit that um, caught my eye when they when they uh, you know when they released it and and demoed it. it was like, yeah, that that is the clever bit. Yes, we can. You can turn it, it on its side yeah. and shade like a pencil. And I thought, yeah, yeah. now that's that's slick. I, you know, it that, is. that's and, and I don't know how they do it. <laughs> it's part of the Apple magic. It's magic, mate. magic. Yes, yeah, indeed, it is. It. So, uh, yeah. but you 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 feel that you're not getting enough use out of that then to no, just no, not the at the cost. Um, but the uh, uh, the AirPods are just brilliant. Uh, I've got so I've recently taken up running, so I'm. I need to have some music with me, and I'm also using the Couch to 5K app, so I need to hear uh, my coach, Michael Johnson, in my ears, um, telling me what to do next, etc. And I've uh, I've forgotten what it's like to have a piece of wire attaching you. I literally <laughs> just take them out, plug them in to my ears, and I just hear the little beeping noise to say they're connected, and away I go. I can control the... Um, volume and what's playing on my apple watch while i'm running um yeah just just brilliant and then you just take them out pop them back in their little um holder and they're charged up ready for the next time excellent so yeah, yeah. You, you really do think they're worth the money because my, they, my biggest gripe yeah. is it's like 160 pounds is quite a lot of money to pay yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know some people pay, you know, way more top. I know top sort of yeah. in-ear monitors can, can set you back yeah. 300 notes, but yeah. um, I'm a bit of a skinflint, me. I think if they were under 100, if they were under 100, I think I might be more tempted. But um, yeah. as you yeah. know, my £11 Chinese uh, ones, which, yes. which you didn't have so much luck with, I think I might no. have just struck really lucky on those, but yeah. they, they work fine for me as long as I use them with my phone. They don't work so right. well with my laptop. Laptop. Right. Um, I don't use them for podcasting anymore because they. I think it's because the laptop must run a slightly older version of Bluetooth. Oh, okay. And they yeah. don't. They don't seem to like that so much. They get a bit. Um, yeah. They get a bit umpy. But yeah. uh, <laughs> well, they have a tendency to sort of one or other will just drop out and then come back, which can be quite disconcerting right. when you're trying to yeah. run a podcast. <laughs> and the other thing about the Apple AirPods is. Um, they pair really easily with your device, as you would expect from Apple. You literally just open the top of the charger, hang, uh, have your iPhone or device that you're going to pair with right next to it. it. It discovers them straight away, and they pop up on your lock screen. And then you just tap one button, and they pair. 
And then if you want to pair with a different device, like my MacBook Pro or my iPad Pro, I just do the same trick. It discovers them, and you click one button, and they're paired. Okay. Can can they be paired with more than one thing at a time? Um, I think it... um, uh, I certainly haven't tried that, but I'm guessing they only pair with one device at a time, but they just um, um, unpair from the original device and then re- and then pair with the new device and then um, I know you just re- repair with them because I know with my um, my Bluetooth my Motorola Bluetooth earpiece which is quite mm-hmm. old, I can yeah. I, that's actually I have that paired well I've got several of them actually but mm. uh, um, like it's paired to my phone yeah but it's also paired to my uh, laptop and also to my desktop yeah so um, and it's it's paired to all of them. But by default, obviously, it will it will connect to my phone because the other two are usually off when I want to do that. But if I want to, um, you know, if I want to connect it to the the laptop, I turn off the Bluetooth on my phone, like press the button, and then right. do that. But um, I just I just wondered. I'm sure I'm sure the Apple AirPods are, are capable, far more capable, and can uh, switch between devices almost on the fly. But uh, I'll just. Uh, yeah, you certainly don't have to turn off um, uh, Bluetooth on any device. No, um, you just tap them and get them. Yeah, to go. and the other thing, uh, and one last thing, is that if you want to check how much juice is in both the uh, holder stroke charger and the AirPods themselves or AirBuds, you just flip the top open and uh, a little screen pops up on your locked iPhone and it shows you how much um, charge is in both devices. Oh, right. Okay. It's just so, to be honest, it's um, it's just so Apple-like. It really is. Um, Completely Apple-esque. It, yeah, it is very much so, yeah. Very so yeah, if you can, if you can uh, get used to the idea of paying the amount of money for them, then... Well, I'm sure it's like... Uh, it's and like... I must admit, I, I bought them from a shop on um, eBay that, um, accepted offers. So I managed to get them for 120, and oh, I know that's still that there's still a fair amount of money, but it's a, it's a little bit more acceptable than 160. Well, I was going to say that's a, that's a you know that's a reasonable uh, discount, isn't mm. it? You got 40 quid off. I think so. you know 75 percent of the asking yeah. price, as it were. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I just I know it's a one-time pinch point, isn't it? Once you've once you've yeah. done it, once you've paid yeah. it, and you've got them. Yes. It's like it's like it's like any Apple kit. You tend to wince when you put your hand in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, when I bought my first uh, MacBook Pro, it was yeah, it, it was a lot of money to uh, to lay out. Yeah. To lay out, but then when you buy the next one, you've always got that to trade in. As it were, yeah. you know, so, yeah. and they hold their value really well. It's it's um well, it's like cars, isn't it? Yeah. After all, it's getting on, you know, or houses or anything. That's, that's it. Yeah. It's getting on the ladder is the pain. For it the is. Car. Yeah. That's you it. Know, starting out is where it hurts. Uh, yeah. There we go. Right. Um. Now you were telling me before the show, Pete, that uh, mm-hmm. at your at work at your school that you apparently have volunteered to be a Windows Ten user. I I have indeed. Yes. Yeah. There's a ninety percent of the campus is still on Windows Seven, and uh, the IT guys let it known that you know Windows Ten is there for people to use, um, especially if you're a little bit more tech savvy. So uh, yeah, so I volunteered a few weeks ago. Obviously, I've had everything. I've had to have all my software reinstalled, but um, 
I'm really, I'm really pleased I've done it. Uh, it's it's much better than uh, Windows Seven. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a long time since I used Windows Seven. I'll be yeah. honest. I went. Um, I ha- I had Windows Seven because I I I don't run an actual PC, but I do run a VM at work for where I need yeah. to run um, Windows based software. Um, I went Windows Seven, then Windows Eight, which was horrible. Windows Eight was janky as anything. Yeah. It was yeah. Nasty. Um, then they did Windows eight point one, which actually, oh, right, yeah. which actually doesn't sound like much of a thing, but was <laughs> fixed. It fixed nearly everything that was wrong with Windows eight. Right. Uh, to be yeah. honest, it should have been called Windows eight point five or Windows nine. To be honest, yeah. it was a it was a big change. Um, they they put back a lot of the things that people uh, were complaining about in Windows eight. Uh, and then obviously they jumped nine. They did not do nine, and so I went to Windows ten. Um, yeah, I like Windows 10, actually, mm. although the one thing I don't like is the start menu. I And here's a big, you know, those of you, I know this is an Apple show, but those of you who do have to use Windows, um, if you're pretty much any version of Windows, get and uh, download for free the application Classic Shell, uh, Classic which, Shell. yes, okay. it's called Classic Shell, and it's free. You download it, um, and it will it will allow you to cho- choose the style of your Windows start menu. Right. Um, and you can have sort of, you know, really ancient win- sort of Windows bloody 95 style <laughs> or something. Uh, but you can choose, you know, 7 or, or whatever. The main thing okay. is what you you can then have a sort of a Windows 7 style start menu uh, by, as the default, which is what I have. Or you can, you know, you can hold down shift and press the start key and get the, the Windows 10. Okay. With, yeah. with the tiles. Yeah. I don't like the tiles. That's the thing. I can't ever find anything. On oh, them. really? Oh, I quite like the tiles. I can't find anything on the yeah. bloody tiles. So right. I, I like my uh, my start menu to be Windows Seven styley. Okay. Um, but yeah. anyway, that's it's a it's a free uh, application and it, it does some other things as well, um, which I don't use. I just use it to make the uh, start menu behave how I expect it to. But there you go. That's right. a, a tip for anybody who has to use Windows. Um, it, well, as long as you, you know, if you find it, of course, that's assuming you don't like the menu. If, you, <laughs> if you're quite happy with the start menu as it is, then fine. Then don't don't yeah. worry about it. But uh, there we go. Uh, no, no, I, I I find Windows 10 quite, you know, quite acceptable. It's no Mac OS, but what the hell, no. you know? Uh, no. To be honest, I think I'm long past the whining about Windows being janky and horrible. It, that stopped a long time ago. Yeah, same here. Told, same here. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just a different approach. It's just different. There, there, there were times when, yes, there were things about it that really were quite unpleasant, I think, but I think that ended when Vista was probably the last time Windows was actually nasty, as it were. Yeah, um, yeah. Certainly from Windows 7 onwards. And to be honest, even XP wasn't that bad, uh, certainly towards the end. Early on, it probably was a bit janky, but, uh, you know, when yeah. they got to service release 2 or whatever it was. But anyway, there we go. That's enough about yeah. Windows. <laughs> so you've volunteered to do so. Yes, I'm just yeah. surprised, actually, Pete, that your school is only now getting to Windows 10. We have quite a um, conservative IT manager, shall we say. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, I do, I do know that there, there are plenty of companies that didn't move for a long time because Windows Eight was highly suspect, and so mm-hmm. people stuck, you know, clung yeah. to their Windows. You can have my Windows Seven when you pry it out of my cold yeah. dead hands, kind of approach. Yes, that's right. And uh, to be honest, I've got two machines at work. I've got a laptop and a desktop. 
the desktop has gone to Windows 10. I've still got Windows 7 on the uh, laptop, just in case. Just in case. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've, you know, also Windows 10, of course, is, is um, you know, fairly well. It's got its feet well under the table now. It's not exactly a it new, has. It's yeah. not exactly a new uh, OS, is it? No. No. Um, and the other thing you told me was that you, you were talking about uh, you were going to change your monitor, weren't you, Pete? Yes. Yeah. Home? Yeah. Um, four, four years ago, I um, moved over to an ultra-wide um, display, the uh, one of those 21 by 9s. Um, and I'm just uh, thinking that uh, maybe I don't need so much screen real estate now, but perhaps I do need the convenience of uh, dropping my macbook pro into its custom built stand next to it and just attaching a couple of cables or one cable so i'm thinking of going back to the uh, the apple thunderbolt display so i'm looking at a few on ebay at the moment but um i'm not 100 um but uh, i think that would be nice one of the uh, the 27 inch uh, thunderbolts right yeah yeah very nice so you know, again, that's another uh, uh, ouch, how much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they, once again, it's an Apple product, so they hold their value, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, they're still not cheap. Yeah, exactly. That, no, um, three or four-year-old Thunderbolt display are the cheapest, really about £420. Well, well not. And no, but for that money, I can buy a brand-new 27-inch um, Dell um, 4K display yeah. with USB 3 hub built into it. Um, that is true. That is true. Um, but, you know, the problem with the Dell display is that, well, it looks like a Dell's display. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a Dell, yeah. Um, it does. In the yeah. past, I have had, uh, I've had Samsung uh, displays mm-hmm. in the past. They weren't bad. Um, well, they look like, if you've ever seen a Samsung uh, flat yeah. TV, they just look yes. like that, really. They do they're, look they're, nice. They're, 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 you yeah. know, um, pleasant enough nondescript you know glossy black um they're not bad um and not a lot of money at the time but no 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 they're quite i mean it's no uh you know they're good value for money no they're definitely no apple uh 4k display but uh no certainly passable and uh there we go i must i must admit the alternative for me would be to go for the next version of the lg uh 21 by 9 ultra wide um probably the curved version and possibly the 38 inch version i'm sitting in front of the 34 at the moment um but you know they are is big they are quite pricey that is a big piece of screen it is yeah i don't know if i was you i might not be quite so you know 34 down to 27 that's that's a, that's a bit of a hit. It is, but you, you know what? When you first sit in front of the, one of these ultra wides, um, I, I remember four four years ago, and I plugged it in. I sat here and thought, "Oh, have I made a mistake?" Because <laughs> um, it's not curved, so um, yeah, and you have to move the mouse quite a bit to get to the other side of the display. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, Ramp the speed of the mouse up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then you have to, uh, I mean, I've got used to it now, but initially uh, I found I had to, you know, move my eyes or my head quite a bit to get to one side. But, you know, I, I love the fact you can put four A4 sheets of paper on the display, you know, virtually yes. at 100%. Uh, that, that's how big it is. 
That yeah, that sounds very big indeed. I mean, I've got uh, obviously I've got a twenty-seven inch iMac at work, um, and yeah. then I have a uh, an Apple, an old Apple uh, twenty. I think it might be a twenty-four. I can't remember now, but it's an old. I think it's the, it's the twenty-three, isn't it? I've seen it. Yes, yes, but twenty-three. Yeah, is it? yeah. There's, it's the there's, twenty-three cinema. Yes, it's the old Apple cinema game. display. So yeah. I I have those two side by side. So I guess that gives me quite a lot of. Uh, screen it does state, but uh yeah. i certainly yeah. i, I certainly other... couldn't go back to using one screen that's for sure no no uh, the other thing that is um uh prompted this is that when my macbook pro um apple care runs out in just in about a year's time i'll probably go to an imac and then if i've got the apple cinema display oh sorry thunderbolt display I can just plug that in and use two twenty-seven inches. Indeed, yes, there is that. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, yeah. That and of course that is. A, yeah, well, I guess that would probably be somewhere back near the screen escape you've got with your giant monitor there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, and of course, um, on a lighter note, I am aware that all of this can be filed under hashtag First World Problems. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my, I'm so torn. <laughs> yes, I'm so yeah, thirty four inch ultra wide or twenty seven inch wide screen. Yeah, the stress yeah. of it all. It's oh terrible. yes, yeah, yes. you're right. First world problems. Yeah, was it? Was that stupid thing? Nicer problems to have. The yeah, stupid yeah. lottery advert. Yes. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. shall we have a look at what news there is today? Yeah, then, why not, uh, uh, Pete? Okay. Um. Apparently, iOS developers have formed some kind of union to pressure uh, Apple over the App Store. Um, this was on, uh, well, I picked this up on OS News, but I think it's probably all over the web. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, a prominent, uh, a number of prominent third-party iOS developers have uh, grouped together and formed a union, which I think they've called the Developers Union, um, mm. stunningly. <laughs> um what does it say here? We believe that people who create great software should be able to make a living doing it. So we have created the Developers Union to advocate for sustainability within the App Store. Um, we are asking Apple to publicly commit by the 10th anniversary of the App Store this July to allow free trials for all apps in the App Store. Um well, that, that actually, to be honest, that doesn't sound like a particularly unreasonable demand, does it? Because at the moment, there aren't you can't do free trials, can you? No. There are no free trials, which is why you get all these things where they have such and such app, Lite, which you can download for free, and then you, you have to then, if you, you know, some of them have in-app purchases to upgrade them, or other ones have, you know, if you want the full version, you have to download the full fat one and pay for it. Um yeah, I've never really understood the, the kind of thing about not having any uh, free trials. I, I never quite got that. Um, no. Um, and uh, as you say, it doesn't sound that unreasonable, does it? No. You know, can we can um, we do free trials, please? You know, time-limited free trials. Try this for 30 days before it, you know, shuts yeah. off. And, and I must admit, this is um, history repeating itself, you know, because uh, at the end of the... Um, uh 19th century you know workers um formed unions and uh the uh i believe i believe the government of the day actually passed legislation to make unions um legal and then they um they, they forced better uh working practices for themselves and uh i i see an analogy there i must admit yeah i, I, I yeah i don't 
And then the other one is they're um, they're saying that they will follow this by um, we'll be advocating for a more reasonable revenue cut. Um, yeah. Well, ooh, that is kind of Apple charge. I know Apple take thirty percent and thirty percent. Yeah. But I don't think Google are much better. Um, no. I mean, would it would it kill Apple to take twenty eight percent or something? No, or twenty five. I don't know, but at the same time, it you know, at the same time, it is what it is. You want to play, you play by the rules. I don't know. I'm sure it wouldn't yeah. do. It wouldn't do. I guess it wouldn't do Apple any harm to say, "All right, we're going to cut it to twenty five percent and or yeah. you know twenty percent." And I know they've already done a little bit, haven't they? Because they've said uh, on recurring subscriptions. Uh, they take thirty percent of the first year's subscription, and yeah. after that, it drops to fifteen. So, if if somebody continues to uh, renew their subscription with you, they only take fifteen percent. Yeah, which um, yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah. So there we go. A a, a group of uh, a Pro- group of developers, third party, party iOS developers, developers. I think they're called in it, aren't they? That's what they called it there. <laughs> um, and well, why not? Um, actually, yeah. If I click on that, it might tell me who they are. Yeah. Uh, okay. Three hundred and seventy-five apps are currently supporting this Support this cause. cause. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. and three hundred and twenty-five people who I assume are uh, known developers. I guess. Yeah. I don't recognise yeah. any of the names, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm not a developer, so no, no. Um, I don't actually uh, particularly just... recognise any of those apps either. But that doesn't mean anything either. There we go. Uh, no. And and you know I don't have a gripe with that. That's perfectly within their right to do so and to lobby Apple. And there's also Apple's right to either refuse to have anything to do with it or to you know make some accommodation. Who who knows? Uh, that's yeah. a, a bit of story that might um, might go somewhere or might just peter out. Who will know? Yeah, we uh, watch this space. Watch this space. Uh, you know, uh, good for them, really. I suppose if they feel that they, you know, Apple are not treating them correctly, then well, that's exactly what they should do: is mm. gang up, as it were. Yeah. Um, and the only other Apple story of any note I, I've come across this week, we've got some technology stories, um, but not much from Apple. Uh, well, of course, we, I didn't bother to put it in the show notes, but uh, Uncle Tim did a, a commencement address at, uh, at a big university. Um, uh, as uh, you know, Steve was known to speak at universities, and so Tim has carried on the tradition, I believe. But uh, I couldn't be bothered to look that up. Right. It's okay. a university yeah. commencement address. You know, well, good. Lovely. Good for you. Um, yeah, well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's how to check and remove. Apparently, there's a new malware called MS Helper, which may be affi- <laughs> afflicting some Macs. Um, right. And uh, 9 to 5 Mac have an article. Here is how to check for and remove the Mac malware MS Helper. Um, okay. Nobody seems to be very clear about uh, even what it is, other than um, it slow. It seems to slow your machine down and probably get fans to spin up. Um, and it will show right. up in uh, uh, the activity monitor as MS Helper. Okay. Um, and it uses a lot of CPU. Um, and they tell you there how to uh, remove it, which basically means go into the library launch demons uh, and look for pplauncher.plist and libraries, uh, library application support, pplauncher slash pplauncher. Um, okay, just doing that now. 
Just, just to make sure. Doesn't doesn't seem to be uh, very sophisticated. They, they, people aren't no. even really sure what it's doing, but it uses a lot of CPU. So if you've become afflicted with sudden noisy fans, you might need to check. There we go. That's a uh, that's this week's public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got to say that. Um, Mac viruses and these sort of stories are so rare that you know they they post articles on how to get rid of them, but they seem to af- af- afflict so few users that um, yes, uh, I mean, is I'm that not why... even sure we should be. Um, no, we shouldn't. Uh, it's why too concerned. No, no, I don't think we should be that concerned. And I'll be honest, most Mac malware is uh, you know fairly trivial to deal with. A lot of it is. There's Trojans. I'm sure there is probably a few nasties out there. I mean, the very fact that um, malware uh, makes a news item on the Mac is because Mm. there's so little of it, to be honest. Yeah, very true. You know, on Windows, it wouldn't even make a news item. You know, a new malware. A new malware. Well, unless it's something absolutely shocking like WannaCry or something that brings down half of the internet, nobody pays any attention. Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, and for what it's worth, uh, as you know, I've been a long-time Mac user and also at work uh, until recently, until I moved to the school. Um, and for uh, going back about four or five years, we were still using a Power Mac G5 at work, and I had turned inadvertently turned the firewall off for some reason, and it was left. This Mac was left running twenty-four-seven for a year with no firewall and no um, uh, no antivirus running on it, and we never had a problem. No. It's... <laughs> and there then one day I suddenly discovered the firewall was turned off. Oh, oh my I better God. turn that back on. Yeah, I better <laughs> turn that back on then. I thought, well, to be fair, it's been running for a year like that, <laughs> and I haven't had a problem. <laughs> no, exactly. What is it? I, I forget what they, what they say about... Um... Well, a few years ago, maybe not now, but a few years ago, I think they said that if you connected an unprotected uh, PC to the internet, it would take about 20 seconds before it was compromised yeah. one way or another. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, talking about that, my my father rung me up last last week, actually, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, said, oh, Simon, I think, my, I think my PC laptop's got a virus. And I said, what makes you think that? I said, if a big thing popped up on the screen while you were, you know, using, um, surfing the web, saying you've got a virus, you haven't. So he went, well, that's exactly what did happen. So I <laughs> said, uh, well, then what did you do? He said, I turned the laptop off and rung you. I said, right, well, you almost certainly haven't. But uh, I went yeah. around the next day and, and uh, ran a malware bytes scan, which found a few nasty cookies i think he found a couple of sort of tracking cookies and things nothing of any consequence and i said to him there you go you're clear no nothing going on there but uh yeah <clears throat> there we go ah uh, right okay okay yeah what should we uh what should we move on to now let's have a look so, uh, so we so we've got this little story we had a chat about before um uh the show, which uh, I think we were both found quite amusing, which was Windows Notepad finally plays nice with Unix, Linux, oh, yes, and yes. Mac, <laughs> Mac OS code. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, after about 30 years, they finally decided <laughs> that uh, Windows Notepad ought to be able to understand Unix, uh, Linux, and Mac OS line endings. Um, because apparently it, it didn't. It, it only used, I don't know which one it is, this carriage return, carriage return, line feed, line feed, uh, which different. Anyway, it only understood one and not the ones that everybody else uses. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we were laughing about that. You're right, Pete, because, uh, yeah. as you said, do people actually write code in Windows Notepad? And I thought, <laughs> well, I assume somebody must. Otherwise, it would not ever be a story. <laughs> but, and I can, I can see why it's taken them a while to sort this out, because it's <laughs> probably not at the top of the to-do list every day, is it? No. And I was kind of of the opinion, if you're writing code in Windows Notepad, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, get get yeah. a God's sake, go out and get a proper coding uh, text editor. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and uh, apparently, the other one, actually, in the justice snippets, while we're looking at the edit, is mm-hmm. uh, according to Bloomberg, uh, don't Skype me. Microsoft turned consumers against a beloved brand. Uh, that's a that's a strange read because. What they're saying is um, Microsoft bought Skype because mm-hmm. they wanted to, uh, well, they wanted to buy into the market penetration that Skype had. Um, and then they made a Skype for business. Um, and since then, they've basically been trying to target Skype for business and putting in features which business users want, uh, which are annoying consumers. Um, and apparently, you know, consumers are going off Skype in droves and cha- turning to oh, really? other. Apparently, mm-hmm. apparently, according to this article, it was, it was worth a read. The, the general gist, uh, as put forward by the uh, the authors, was basically that Microsoft bought it because it was popular with consumers and then mm-hmm. have attempted to make it popular with business users, uh, which means it's pop- now becoming popular with business users, but turning consumers off because it's not doing what they want. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, it's moved into um, the uh, the business world um, in the last few years, isn't it? But um, I, I think um, people have moved away from it as a um, a means of chatting with uh, relatives and the like. Because there's so many other ways of doing that. I think there. Now. I, th- I think there's there's several factors in that. Which, uh, in my personal opinion, I mean, I, I think. There are there are plenty of other options. That is that hmm. is certainly one thing. I mean, when Skype, you know, when Skype launched, it was the you know it was the it swept the the world in short. It did, order didn't it? Yeah. Because it was yeah. It was a you just install this and then you can talk to anybody anywhere, and that was yeah. You know, voice over IP, and it was it was magic. Um. Now, of course, it that's not considered so amazing but the other thing is it's become fat and bloated that is the problem to me with skype but once upon a time it did sort of two things and it did it well it did text messaging um and 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 you know video calling yeah and now you go in it and it's got all sorts of um oh skype wants to show you this fabulous new thing and oh we you can do stickers and post story threads and it's like no i don't want all that no, i just want don't to do all that no i just want to you know want to ring my mate in australia or whatever um <clears throat> So it's just become fat and bloated, I think. I mean, I remember Skype in the days when on the Mac you had a little tiny panel which you could put on one side of your screen which just had a list of, you know, of contacts. 
uh, yeah. and then they made it. Yeah. Um, and it never, from my mind, it never recovered from the fact when they went it get, made it into a sort of nearly full screen thing where you have to have contacts and bloody oh, stuff everywhere, and it's just like no. It, I liked yeah. it better when it was just a little list of contacts. There we go. I'm an yeah. old grump. Yeah, but it um, it it's got into the business space so much that uh, my partner who works at uh, Suffolk County Council and Children's Home they use it to um, teleconference, mm. um, uh, Skype for business. But um, equally, uh, another friend of mine who works at um, J.P. Morgan, you know, uh, yeah, you know, the, the bank, one of the biggest banks in the world. Um, and they used to use Skype, and now they've built their own platform, yeah. so they can talk to each other, um, video conference using their own in-house stuff. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the other, the other thing is, of course, there's, there's a lot of people don't trust Skype. Isn't yeah, you know, monitoring what they're typing or doing. I'm sure actually they're probably yeah. not, but you know, <clears throat> there we go. Uh, which is why we use Wire, of course. Uh, partly because yes. Skype just became. Uh, uh, this is why uh, we record this podcast using wire because Skype became too unreliable. Um, mm. And I admit, yes, wire did have a few issues when we first started using it, but it's become much more stable. Um, very good. Now I find it very. We still use it, and it's very good. There we go. <clears throat> right. I'll tell you okay. what, Pete. Uh, let's let's take a break. We'll have a five minute break, shall we? And uh, we'll let John open his hardware store and tell us about yep. what he's got in there this week. Take it away, John. It's accessory day here at Nemo's Hardware Store, starting with the Home and Go Pride Edition from MyCharge.com. That's M Y C H A R G E. MyCharge.com, a rechargeable 4000 mAh battery. It supports something called the Trevor Project and the LGBTQ community. It's a white plug-in charger, two-pronged AC plug, and it's a nice, smooth, soft plastic finish. You charge it up, and there are four LEDs that charge. It says, My Charge and Love in big gold letters with a nice rainbow heart shape. You will see this on the website for the My Charge Home and Go Pride Edition. Cost in the U.S. is $35. It will charge your phone up twice because it has enough power to do that. And it has a single USB port on the side. So it's very simple. Charge the battery, discharge the battery, and be loving and supportive of people of all types in this world. Next, we have the Thunderbolt 3 to eSATA adapter plus USB 3.1 for Mac and Windows. This is $135 US. What do you get for $135? Five inch cable that has a USB C Thunderbolt 3 tip at one end. At the other end of the plastic housing, you have a USB 3 port and an eSATA port. So you can connect and work with two devices simultaneously, one being eSATA and one being regular old USB, and they can connect to your new MacBook or MacBook Pro that has the Thunderbolt 3 USB-C ports on it, compatible with Mac and Windows. You'll have to read the specifications and the descriptions of it on the website for StarTech, S-T-A-R-T-E-C-H, Com. We will have the links for all of these products 
in our show notes for this episode number 88 of the Essential Apple Podcast on our website. So study this and see if this premium device, $135 US, is suitable for your use with your high-powered peripherals and your new MacBook or MacBook Pro. Last week, Simon and his guest talked about the Apple Watch getting cheapo accessories to save some money. Well, over at MyMac.com, and we'll have the link for this, so please read the full published article by Warren Sklar. The article is called Catalyst Products, that's C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T, Catalyst Products for Apple Pencil, Apple Watch, Apple Pencil, and Apple Watch Band. Okay, it sounds redundant, but you'll see what I mean in a minute. We have a grip case from Catalyst. They are a high-quality protective case. That's what I've been using on my iPhones forever. So I personally strongly recommend the Catalyst brand. So they have an anti-roll Apple Pencil grip case and then a much longer Apple Pencil case. Drop-proof for 10 feet. So they have two cases for the pencil and then a sport Apple Watch 42-millimeter band. It's sort of a grayish-black, lightweight. The Impact Protection Apple Watch 42-millimeter case that has been discussed and reviewed by Mark and Simon in a previous version, so they will know what we're talking about for a 9.9-foot drop-proof protection, and then a waterproof AirPods case. Aha, I think there's a typo in the heading at MyMac.com. We'll have to fix that. So in my left hand, I've got a beautiful red waterproof AirPods case. In my right hand, I've got an impact protection Apple Watch case. Then I pick up the two Catalyst Apple Pencil case and grip case. And then the fifth item is the 42 millimeter sport band from Catalyst for the Apple Watch. Price for the waterproof case for the AirPods is 25 US. The watch band, 20 US. Pencil case, $22 US. The grip case, $28 US. And the watch case is $40 US. So extremely reasonable pricing from Catalyst.com to help you protect your precious Apple Watch, AirPods, and Apple Pencil. Read the review. Go to their website. This is very good stuff. They also sent me a full catalog of their products. So all their stuff is waterproof, drop-proof, very rugged, and I've got it on my iPhone 10 right here in my pocket. That's it for Nemo's Hardware Store. Back next week. Thank you, John. Yet another enlightening Nemo's Hardware Store. And uh, the links for the products will, of course, be in the show notes. And this is where I quickly mention we have an Amazon affiliate link, which, if you use it, supposedly gives us a little bit of money as a kickback. Uh, I'm Neither Mark or I are actually convinced it's working properly. But never mind, click it anyway, and uh, hopefully we might get a few pennies. And any money we do get, of course, goes into the show. Hosting and uh, microphones and stands, and uh, we promise we don't use it to buy beer. All right? We promise. <laughs> okay. Scouts uh, on it. Scouts on it. No, yeah, actually, I doubt we've even got enough in there to buy a can of beer, to be honest. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, unlike you, uh, who do have a can of... What beer are you drinking, actually, Pete? I know you've got some beer there. I have, yes. Uh, I've just finished an Adnams Flat White Porter, which is a dark beer that is coffee-flavoured. 
I was actually say, use this co- coffee in the. Uh, I was going to say, does it, is that made with coffee beans? In the do they mix, do they mix coffee beans with the uh, you know with the mash? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, some some just add coffee flavouring. Uh, some add actual uh, coffee beans uh, to the mash, and uh, some some are quite. Term successful. I quite like the Adams uh, flat white porter. Um, the dark star, dark star brewery espresso isn't as um, good to my taste, but uh, coffee flavored beer is one of my favourites. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not, um, I could see how it would work. Actually, I could yeah. see how that would work. Coffee and uh, you know, uh, uh, bitter. Yeah, um, and there's an American brewery comment. Uh, Common grounds is it? Or is it surreal? I'm uh, I'm working from memory now. Um, I can see the tin, <laughs> but <laughs> can't remember the um, can't remember the actual. Um, well, uh, I've, I've I've never had that. That that's something I might actually give a go. Um, Dark oh, Star, I, I know I know Dark Star. They used to do, yeah. uh, didn't they? Used to do a many years ago, probably twenty odd years ago, probably when they even they started, didn't they? Yeah. Bring out a like a mild Dark Star mild, was it? Was that one of their drinks? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, which I used to quite like um, when I worked in London. We used to occasionally have Dark Star. Um, yeah, yeah, coffee, coffee, and and uh, yes, I could see that working actually. I could see that working. There yeah. are a lot of things that people do, and you think what? But no, actually, I could see that working because quite often, actually, when people are talking about describing um, bitters, particularly dark bitters, or, or you know, um, they do sort of say hints of coffee. So I, yeah, I could see that working actually. Yeah, uh, I've just done a quick search. Yeah, it's Magic Rock uh, Brewing uh, Common Grounds okay. is their, their coffee flavored uh, beer. Uh, uh, that's probably my favorite coffee flavored beer. Okay, right. I, I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Whilst we've you know wandered down the rabbit hole of flavored beers, um, yeah, I don't know if you've had it uh, around here in in Suffolk. Of course, there's uh, in the summertime you get uh, is it Nethergate? I believe do one called Umble yeah. Ale. Have you ever had that? Oh yes, oh very much so. Yes, uh, the coriander yeah. flavored bitter. Yes, lovely. lovely yes, and is. they do they do a dark beer flavored with coriander called Umble Magna. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yes, I'm, yeah. I, I certainly, uh, I'm certainly familiar with the with the um, the sort of IPA, which is the Umber Ale. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nethergate is my local uh, brewery, and uh, for for what it's worth, I'm the West Suffolk Camera uh, Brewery liaison officer for oh, Nethergate. Well. <laughs> does that mean so you I go there regularly? And, <laughs> does that mean I was going to say? Does that mean you get to organise the proverbial in a brewery? <laughs> That's it. Yes, and I, I had my birthday party earlier this year at uh, the Nethergate uh, Brewery uh, Tap Room, and, oh, excellent. Uh, and proved to anyone who attended that I can indeed hold uh, or organise the proverbial in a brewery. <laughs> Very good. Right. Um, and uh, let's, let's get back to some news then. This is this one yep. uh, was one both you and I, when we read it, went, do what? Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> um, cell phones thrown in the trash are exploding in garbage tracks, uh, trucks, tracks, trucks and dumps. And this is from Boy Genius Reports, BGR. Um yeah, well, I mean, it is what it says. I mean, who, to me and you, I mean, our response was, who the bloody hell throws yeah. mobile phones, smartphones, or any other technology in bleeding in the trash can? I mean, yeah, put precisely. it in the recycling for hell, 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or if it's an Apple product, sell it on eBay. Yeah, sell it, or even if it's it, busted. There are even places, aren't there? Was it, um, I don't know, I mean, in America, I know Gazelle and places like that will take them, broken or not. Yeah, They might not give yeah, you it, much for them, but they take them apart and salvage what they can. Yeah, and Apple do the same, don't they? Yeah, a- can, Apple have a, what's it called, in. the Give Give Back or uh, something, Give Back program, yeah. is it? Anyway, yeah, it's just like... Yeah, it's become such a problem that people are throwing these away in the rubbish and then they are igniting and starting fires. (laughs) Yeah, as it says here, um, call to recycle, uh, the National Recycling Programme in the USA has told USA Today that lithium-ion batteries discarded in cell phones are responsible for 65% of waste facility fires in California. Oh, Even worse, one exploded battery can set off a chain reaction which can lead to a massive devastating fire. Well, of course it can. Well, when we all yeah. know what happens, we've all seen what happens when you set a lithium bloody ion battery off. Um, yeah. And as we were talking about uh, last week, actually, uh, you know, we mentioned somebody we were talking about last week, you know, a Tesla hit a Armco or whatever because it was driving at high speed and smashed up. Um, and unsurprisingly, it then burst into flames because the lithium ion battery had been split apart. Um, well, that's just, just, I don't know. How stupid are some people, yeah. I guess? Yeah, yeah, quite. And as the report um, concludes, whatever you do, never consider putting your electronics in the regular trash. No. And yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know about where you are. Obviously, I live in Stone Market and we have the, uh, you know, what used to be called the. Dump, which is now known as the uh, household waste recycling. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, depot, but you know, laughing aside, and it, it's very good because once upon a time you used to go there and everybody used to just chuck everything in a huge skip and it would be taken away and buried. Uh, now, of course, they sort it all out and there's wood and plastics and metals yeah. and and all the rest and electronics and televisions and fridges over yeah. there and all the rest. Very good, but they have. They have a dedicated bin which says for household electronics. And you take there, not televisions. Televisions and monitors are separate because they contain various other things. But bog standard electronics, um, you take there. And so that's, yeah, phones, radios, computers, all that. And it goes in there. It's electronics, any sort of electronics. And they have a dedicated bin. And I assume that's taken away to somewhere that, uh, you know, recycles it all. Yes. And and all all those things, they all have a big sticker on them. Do not throw in the trash. That's right. Yeah. You know, batteries. Don't put your batteries in the trash. And that's just your blinking, you know, never mind nickel nickel metal hydrides and lithium ions. Don't put blinking basic chemical batteries in the trash either, you numb nuts. That's right. Yeah, it's one of those stories that beggars believe. To be honest, but I guess people are just so. Ah, oh, well, I suppose. I, I guess it can only work on the on the theory of people. Oh, I've got this old phone, and I don't know what to do with it. Oh, uh, you know, it, it says on it, don't throw. Yeah, but just one won't do any harm. Yeah, yeah. And what's it say here? Um, a five alarm fire at a recycling facility in Queens, New York, was caused by a lithium ion battery which had not been disposed of properly. The mm. fire raged for two days. Nice. And four branches of the Long Island Railroad were temporarily closed due to toxic smoke blowing from the facility. <sighs> well, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I mean, it just beggars belief. I know people are stupid, you know, and we all know that people can be careless and uh, selfish. But, I mean, really, 
really? What yeah. what sort of person throws any kind of electronics in the bloody household waste? Dear, oh dear. Right. So, anybody listening, don't throw your electronics in the trash. Okay. Uh, well, that okay. was... Uh, yeah. And, yes, because it's bloody obvious, isn't it? Lithium-ion batteries catch fire. Um... Right, uh, right. This one, this is one um, I, I wanted to talk about. Snapchat rolled out their controversial redesign, uh, despite employee hesitation. A report at Nine to Five Max says. Um, now, the reason this is only of interest to me is because my daughter uh, Ruth Cutie Mellon and her uh, peer group Snap Snapchat is their um, their go to communication tool. Hmm. They they love it. They you you know they're on it basically twenty four seven because they can you can do uh, video calls and all sorts of things. Um, and so they're always on it. They're always talking and messaging and posting pictures and whatnot. Um, and when this uh, controversial redesign happened, uh, the first I knew about it was of course that my daughter came storming into the room and went, "They've ruined Snapchat. <laughs> They've done something to it, and it's horrible." I've no idea what it is they did, but apparently, according to this report, uh, the point is that the chairman of Snapchat decided uh, that he was going to, uh, that he thought he should overhaul the design um, after he went to China, apparently, and saw some a variety of other apps. Uh, and he ordered his engineers to begin work on redesigning the uh, Snapchat. Um, and... Then, apparently, he announced to the press that he was going to do such a thing without telling anybody uh, at Snapchat. So that left them up the proverbial without a paddle. And uh, when it rolled out, it was uh, widely um, decried, uh, as I say, by people like my daughter who were heavy users who went, it's it's horrible and they've ruined it. Um, And I I must say that... um... After they rolled it out, 600,000 Snapchat users signed a petition on change.org they asking did. them to yes. revert back. And that's, uh, that's not an insubstantial number, is it? It's not. Um, and because when I when it uh, came to light, um, that, that petition it showed up in my newsfeed saying, you know, mm. Snapchat users have started a petition. I obviously forwarded that to uh, to Ruth and said, "Here, you want to sign this petition?" And then she sort forwarded it to all the people who were in her Snapchat user group, saying, "Sign this petition." Yeah. Um, what yeah. apparently what actually has happened in the in the uh, you know post redesign period is the negative feedback is without actually saying that they're uh, undoing the changes, they have been quietly undoing the changes right okay <laughs> um, but in, honest, you know a bit here and a bit Apple there would do. <laughs> yeah um so anyway this this report basically says that um the, the whole thing was a sort of a top down the chairman decided that he'd got this brilliant idea and everybody yeah. went are you really sure about that i'm not sure it's a brilliant idea and he went ahead and did it anyway um and yeah <laughs> no really it is it's it great is, you just it, yeah, uh, and of course, the, the, the other thing that happened was when they rolled it out and there was a huge kickback from the users going, we hate it, they they put out a statement saying, we knew that people would not like it because it's changed and it's different, but, uh, you know, it will be better and you'll get used to it and take it from us. And um, I think the fallout mm. from that is, no, it wasn't. And no, users didn't like it and they still hated it. <laughs> So they've been quietly undoing it step by step, as uh, and I believe I believe 
that they've recently um, announced that they are going to roll back some more yet again. So here we are. Okay. Uh, not being a Snapchat user, of course, I wouldn't really know, but uh, there we go. I, I did find that quite amusing. Just goes to show that the Steve Jobs, I know best approach doesn't always yeah. pan out. <laughs> no, unless you're Steve Jobs. Unless you're Steve Jobs. Well, of course, even Steve Jobs famously, you know, we would yeah. never make a video iPod because who would possibly want to watch a video uh, on a stupid little screen like that? Yeah. Next year, yeah. here is the go. video iPod. <laughs> yeah. Truth is, Steve. I think the difference is Steve was very good at, we don't have one, so I'm going to bloody well say it's a stupid idea until we do have one, and then I'm going to tell you how what a brilliant idea it is. <laughs> yeah. He was not afraid to uh, change his mind, I think, or to, uh, you know, undercut his own policy. Yeah. There we go. Um, well, the other, I, I suppose the story of the week, really, Pete, um, and I guess mm-hmm. we've been hedging around it, really. The story of the week is the security story about the e-fail um, encrypted messaging debacle. Um, I don't know how much of this you've seen. It was all over the web, but I, I am kind of, you know, tinfoil hat security aware. You are, aren't you? I yeah. do tend to follow these stories a bit a bit more than the, the average user, I suppose. But um, it, it was all over the web. There was this, it started off... It started off um, when somebody said that there was a problem with encrypted HTML messages, mm-hmm. uh, email messages, and the finger was pointed at PGP, which is um, pretty good privacy uh, encryption uh, tool. And uh, there was a bit of hysteria at the start of the week, I'll be honest. Uh, there was a some fairly hysterical, you know, screaming, crying, the sky is falling. Yeah. Um, PGP is yeah. broken and, you know, we've all been relying on it for 15 years or whatever it is, and it, it's the end yeah. of the world. And I'm never going to send an email ever again. Yeah, and all that sort of thing. And the yeah. uh, the Electronic uh, Frontier Front Foundation or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. uh, the, them, uh, they, EFF anyway, they uh, they said you should stop using PGP uh, because, you know, there's a problem and, oh, it's a disaster. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Andy Yen of uh, Proton Technologies, Proton Mail and the Proton VPN, uh, he went out on record and said, "Let's all let's all just calm down a bit, shall we?" Um, he proved that there was nothing wrong with PGP. There is nothing wrong with the PGP algorithm. There is nothing wrong with the PGP encryption. So uh, you know that the sky was not falling on that uh, on that front. Uh, the problem is that certain email cli- clients have a poor implementation during decryption. Excuse me. Yeah. <coughs> Um, which allows, uh, during the decryption of a maliciously crafted HTML email, uh, the execution of a piece of code, which will then send the either partially or fully decrypted message back to the originator's server of choice, thus allowing them access to your encrypted mail. Um, And unfortunately, uh, the worst uh, offenders... In this case, are Apple Mail, both on iOS and uh, on Mac, uh, unfortunately, and uh, Mozilla Thunderbird. Both of those, very popular, obviously, but both of yeah. those uh, suffer from this flaw. But the the problem is not in PGP, it's in the mail clients. Right, so yeah, it's in um, the implementation of it. Yes, it's an implementation yeah. in to do with the way they uh, run the decryption. Um hmm. 
So that was that was kind of the big story of the week. Um, and yeah. I guess I've just summed it up. But yes, Andy yeah. Andy Yen uh, from Proton was the was the man who went out on a limb and said, "I've checked this." Uh, and before you know, stop all your bloody hysterical wailing. Right, there are plenty of encrypted mail uh, clients out there: Proton Mail, Enigma Mail, uh, and a whole list of others. Which do not suffer from this and are perfect. And if you're, you know, to be honest, if you need to be using encrypted mail, you shouldn't be using Thunderbird or Apple Mail or whatever. Anyway, you should be using no. a, a specifically encrypted, uh, yeah. you know, tool. But there we go. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and I can imagine that ninety nine percent of email users uh, probably won't change their habits after no, this. And, and they probably yeah. don't encrypt their mail anyway. No. <laughs> There you go. There you go. In fact, most of them would probably say, what's encrypted email? What is an encrypted email? Yes. Of course, I, I do, of course, use uh, ProtonMail uh, and, and ProtonVPN. Uh, you do, don't I you? do, I yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, it's not my only It's not my only mail um, address or a mail client. I, I use the Proton Bridge, um, which means that, yes, I point my ProtonMail to my uh, Thunderbird and... Apple Mail on iOS, so maybe I'm actually knackering it, but there we go. I don't send anything through it that I'm really all that bothered about. I just, I think I should support it because it's a good idea that we all don't bloody broadcast our comings and goings for all and sundry to read. Yeah, yeah, no, very yes. wise. So basically, two fingers to you, Mr. Zuckerberg. I'm not a Facebook <laughs> user and you can't find out what I'm doing either. <laughs> Ah, uh, there we go. Um, uh, and uh, then uh, this is not so much of a big, but in the news, a uh, Cambridge Analytica filed for bankruptcy amidst a siege. A siege, a I siege, tell you. A veritable siege. A veritable siege, I tell you. Once more into the breach, dear friends, um, of negative attention. Well, uh, not much surprise there. But, um, of course, if you read this story, this is the um, the American arm of Cambridge Analytica who have filed for bankruptcy. Um, the Cambridge Analytica itself, the, the UK uh, part, of course, uh, closed down uh, and made a big thing of, oh, due to all this negative fallout from the Facebook scandal, mm. uh, you know, we've been forced to close down. Now, that was a bit of a scam, really, to say they closed down because what they did was the old shut up on Friday and closed the company down and say, that's it, we're closing Cambridge Analytica. And then they opened on Monday morning under the name of Emma Data with uh, all the same people and from the same offices and the same directors and all the rest. So that's a... Yeah, wasn't really true, was it? They just changed their name. They may legally yeah, have shut one company and opened another one, but uh, yeah. essentially they are just—they've just changed their name to try and dodge the bag. Yeah, uh, although I see uh, NBC News reported that um, the uh, employees um, uh, filed out of their Fifth Avenue office in Manhattan directly to a nearby Irish pub. On the news of the uh, of the shutdown. Yeah, well, I think obviously this it would appear that the Cambridge Analytica LLC, the American part of the uh, thing, has actually gone bankrupt. They have actually closed. Basically, they appear to be actually closing it down. Um, and so, yes, for those people who've left their jobs, obviously, I, I'm very sorry. And no doubt, if yeah. it was me, I would probably file out of my office and go directly to a nearby pub. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we would be doing. I think I would be going directly to an Irish pub and saying, yeah, can you give me two large, you know, t- two large whiskeys and a couple of pints of Guinness, please? <laughs> 
Yeah, there we go. Um, well, I, you know that that's a, that whole thing is all very. It was all very messy, and I feel sorry for the people caught up in it. But then again, perhaps somebody yeah. should have said, "Is the is this morally really a very good idea?" Uh well, well, I think we're pretty much coming towards the end now, aren't we? I people? think we have, haven't we? Um, yeah. I have got uh, a worth a chirp here. Essential tip. Um, and I've had this one for quite a while. Dougie sent me this some time ago, and for somehow it, it just never has made it into the show. Um, and this is how to speed up Apple Watch software updates dramatically. Oh, um, yes, I read this. From yeah. my download blog. Um, and as I say, Dougie sent it to me. And if you're an Apple Watch user like me, uh, and obviously like you, Pete, yeah. you do know that doing a software update to the watch can take a bloody ages. Absolutely. It can, can age. It? And yeah. um, mine's a Series Zero, so, you know, it's not the fastest Apple Watch out there. It's it, painful sometimes. Um, apparently, the problem is that the Apple Watch uh, uses Bluetooth by default, even if Wi-Fi is available. And this, obviously, is because Bluetooth uses much less power. Um, so the tip is to speed up your Apple Watch software update, turn off Bluetooth on your iPhone before you start the, uh, the Apple Watch update process. Uh, and then it will send the information over Wi-Fi, which is uh, much faster, and uh, therefore your watch update will take less time. Uh, now, I I found that slightly um, annoying because I thought, well, surely the watch ought to be able to figure that out because when you do a thing, they always tell you to put the watch on the charging pad. Yeah, Um I, I was a little bit disappointed with this in that you have to do it in a specific order and at a certain moment. Mm. To, um, and I thought, well, surely uh, the watch would just work it out. Mm. Um, but apparently it doesn't. And and also you can't turn off the Wi-Fi to begin with or you, know, you have to do it at a certain point and you have to be uh, within, in a certain range as well um, and then turn it off and then it works out that it's going to have to do it over the Wi-Fi. Yeah. I mean, this is a, you know, this is a, a sort of a bit of a dirty hack, but I, 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 my, yeah, my annoyance about it really was that, well, considering they tell you, you have to put your watch on its charge pad before you do it. Although I have actually run a, I have actually run a, a software update to my watch without it being on the charge pad, by the way. Can, oh, have you? Yeah, it can be done. As long as you know your charge, you know, you, you know, it's a bit like when you do a software update on your on your laptop, and it says we suggest you plug in the mains power. Yeah, as long as you've yeah. got as long as you've got plenty of battery, it's not a problem. Um, so I have I have done it without putting it on the pad, but they tell you to put it on the charge pad. Um, you would think really it ought to be able to figure out that this is a software update, and I could pull it over the Wi-Fi because I'm on mains power. Um, I don't mm. know why it doesn't really, but there you go. There is the tip, um, and the link is in the show notes. If you want to uh, update your Apple Watch faster uh, than it, I mean, normally I must admit I tend to leave mine till night time if I'm going to do it. Yes, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, when it says there's a watch update, I tend to wait till I go to bed, put the watch on the charger, leave to leave it overnight, and I initiate the thing then because yes, it can take a long time. It can take an hour and a half, I think, to do a um, yeah, to do yeah. an update. Yeah, that, that's certainly my impression. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, so there we go. I think we've pretty much covered all the news. I think so. And it's just still a nice sunny Sunday afternoon in Suffolk. So it is. Uh, I think I might uh, I might decamp to the patio with my glass of uh, Shiraz. 
Yes. Uh, not Very coffee, wine. Not coffee beer, but uh, there we go. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming okay, on, Okay, no problem, and, uh, Simon. Thank you for asking. It's absolutely no problem. Um, for those who, who don't know, actually, Pete stepped in at the last minute because we were due to have uh, Nitrozac and Snaggy from Geek Culture slash Joy of Tech join us again uh, this weekend. But uh, Nitro- unfortunately, Nitrozac's mother has been taken unwell, and as a result, they didn't really feel that they were in a position to you know come on the show which i completely understand um and so pete you stepped into the gap didn't you so thank you very much yeah and no uh, problem right uh time to shill yourself pete okay well uh yeah you can find me out uh, on twitter uh suffolk pete or at homeboy and uh, well that's about it really because i'm a... not a big social media <laughs> user Oh, no, that's true. That is true. You're not, are you? Okay, yeah. well, uh, we are, of course, Essential Apple, and we are on the Twitter as at Essential Apple, and I am on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, you can find the uh, Essential Apple website at EssentialApple.com, uh, and I think that's probably about it. Uh, we do, of course, have a Patreon, and we have a Pinecast tips jar. Links on the website if you want to support us by giving us money. Please give us money. We're poor. Give us money. We like money. <laughs> Please send us money. Uh, no. If you, if you know, and thank you to the people who do support us. We, we really do, you know, we really do appreciate it. It doesn't have to be much. A pound a month, a couple of pounds. All helps pay for hosting and uh, the Pinecast and uh, all the rest of the things. Uh, and uh, I, I think that's probably about it, Pete. So uh, okay. thank you once again for coming on. And uh, let's say goodbye okay. and no bugger problem. off out into the sunshine, shall we? Yep. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. We are part of the MyMac.com podcasting network, where you can find such excellent shows as Guy and Gaz on the MyMac show, Tim and David on the Tech Fan show, The Three Geeky Ladies, The Geekiest Show Ever, uh, the excellent Bart Bouchotts with his Let's Talk, the Club Nintendo, and many, many more. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things, <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when we say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. Oh, hang on. Somebody's banging on the door. Would you believe it? Was that a virtual door or a real door? No, it's a real door. It's a bloody <laughs> Amazon man banging on the bloody door. Oh, right, OK. Delivering my... He's brought a package. I don't know what's in it. I think it might be my cheap cables. Ah. Okay. I ordered some um, some lightning cables from Amazon. All right, yeah. Although there was a, there was a set of six cables. 
three seven-inch cables and three, like, whatever the standard length is. Yeah. Well, they're two foot or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, one metre, something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right, two-thirds of a metre. Whatever they are. Yeah. Um, and they were they were reduced to six pounds, I think. Oh. Or maybe it was nine pounds. Anyway, yeah. they were quite cheap. Yeah. And uh, I've never got enough lightning cables. The kids take mine <laughs> and steal them. <laughs> also, I, I don't care how much you pay for cables, whether you pay a pound for the cheapest ones you can lay your hands on or 15 pounds for the official ones. They mm. don't. They don't last. The bloody things give up. Absolutely. And you've never got one when you need one. No, that's true. No. Um, yeah. I did I did buy, um, I bought one of those charging cable bracelets. Have you seen those? Oh, no. It's like a flat uh, lightning cable, but only about, yeah. I don't know, six inches long. And, and it, it yeah. clips together like it snaps together. So you wear it as a bracelet. Uh, oh, um, yeah, and, and so you've always got a cable. It's only about six oh. inches long. Um, yeah. You could get them from Amazon for about five pounds. Uh, mine didn't right. last very long, unfortunately. Okay, yeah, um, I'm just thinking everyday use. But it, there, there are other ones on there. I'm, I'm tempted yeah. to get another one. There's one for there's one that's cost about ten pounds, which appears to be like it's got a plaited leather cover, so it looks like one of yeah. those plaited leather wristbands. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what how what sort of quality the lightning cable in it would be, but it might be worth it might yeah. be worth a punt. And just then you've always yeah, got yeah. a cable on you, and you don't have to be yes. like nerdy yes. emptying your pockets and pulling out cables. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. wearing no, it I on like your that. wrist. Yeah, no, I like. Oh, thanks for the tip. I'll go looking. Yeah. Um, the, when I bought mine, that they were selling um, <laughs> the basic, like the basic cheap ones. They were selling hmm. them for about two pound fifty, but I don't think you can get one for less than about three pound ninety nine now. Right. But you know, yes, there, there are other ones. There are beat ones like with beads on, and ones that are plaited and all sorts. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I did see uh, on there yesterday. They now do a, a a double one, so it's got um both a micro USB and a lightning tip. Oh, on it. okay, well, that's yeah. clever. This has been the Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye, and thank you for listening.